Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for saving us. Thank you for this text that we have tonight. And Father, I just pray that you would um, help us, Father, to be closer to you and to understand what you're doing in this thing called the church. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope all of y'all get to see the link tonight. I know uh, Facebook rolled out an update today, um, both on the mobile devices and on the web. So I hope it's coming through okay. It looks like it like it is. So we're just going to march in here. Uh, if you remember when we left um, Acts chapter 11, um, the word of God was was going forth. It had gone to Cornelius over in Caesarea um, as a Gentile. And the Spirit of God had fallen and been given to them. They got saved. Um, and when we left them, uh, Peter had gone back to the Jerusalem Council. And basically, you know, they had that meeting where we got to decide what, uh, if we can do what the, the Lord has already done. And, uh, of course, they did. And, and the, the Word of God began to to explode, really, and to, to really begin to spread. And, and what I wanted to talk about tonight was really simple and and to look at uh we're going to get into this last part of the text and what we're really seeing here is the birth of the church um the new testament church um and uh, i love the way francis chan talks about this i was speaking with someone about this today and um he, he holds his bible up and he says how do we go from here let's just pretend we didn't know anything about church and if we went into the text and we just started reading about what the church should be, what the church should look like. How do we wind up with where we are? And I think that's a great question. And so we get into Acts chapter 11. And uh, what I want to do is I want to just kind of read through like we always do. We'll stop every now and then to make some commentary. Then I'll tell you a little bit about what I believe is happening, going on. And then we'll close it up and, uh, and have a good evening there on Wednesday night. So... Um, Picking up in verse 19, Acts chapter 11, verse 19. The Bible says, Now those who had been scattered as a result of the persecution that started because of Stephen made their way as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. Now, that's important because remember, we're coming off this story of Cornelius the Gentile receiving the spirit but we've still got this mindset they're not talking to the to the gentiles people in general um they're evangelizing jews because jews remember have the background they have the story um they know they've been looking for the messiah and so they're saying the messiah is here but that's going to change look in verse 20 but there were some of them men from cyprus and cyrene who came to antioch and began speaking to the greeks also and proclaiming the good news about the lord jesus now what is antioch antioch was a port city um it's north of jerusalem and you know kind of a little bit northeast of damascus about a hundred and so miles from tarsus across the little inlet there um, in the mediterranean sea and so that's that's where they're at. Okay, this is a Roman city, a Hellenistic city, um, very important port city, full of Greeks, full of Romans, full of pagans. They're not Jews, but these folks came into Antioch and started talking to them about the Lord and about the good news. And then verse twenty-seven or twenty-one, it says the Lord's hand was with them, and a large number who believed 
turned to the Lord. We see this all through the book of Acts. A large number that believed turned to the Lord. And as we've been talking both in Sunday mornings and here through this text, what as the church began to grow away from Jerusalem, as uh, people began to come into the faith away from Jerusalem, um, it began to create some problems about how do we minister, how do we shepherd these groups far off, and what do we do? And and they had some structure involved. They had the Jerusalem councils we saw in chapter 10. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit more to, here in a minute about how they approached this idea that they got all these these people getting saved and added to the church. And this says in large numbers, um, which, is, which is interesting. Verse 22, news about them reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to travel as far as Antioch. So they said, all right, we got this idea. We heard this story. All these people are over in Antioch, and they're getting saved. They're Greeks, kind of just an extension of what had happened in Caesarea. And they said, Barnabas, you go and check it out and see if it's real, see if these reports are true. What are we doing? When, in verse 23, when he arrived and saw the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And again, it says, and a large number of people were added to the Lord. Um, now, Barnabas is often spoken of as Barnabas as the encourager. And, and everybody wants to be a Barnabas and to be an encourager, and that's what he did. So he got to Antioch, and he found um, you know, all of these believers that had come to know the Lord. They, they had come into the faith, come into the family, and he greeted them. He says he saw the grace of the Lord and um, uh, encouraged them and, uh, in, to remain true to the Lord. Now, think about that for just a second. If they're in a pagan Hellenistic city coming to a faith that's new to them, it's foreign, it's, it's something that they're not accustomed to, uh, like the Jews were being in a, in a lifestyle of faith. He says, remain true to the Lord. The temptations to be doing something else, something other than, something outside of the faith was going to be great, and he knew that, and it was, in fact. And he said, just stay true to the Lord. But then look what he did in verse 25. Then he went to Tarsus, again, 100 and so, I don't know the exact mileage, I didn't, just on the map, looks like it's about 100 or so miles, as the crow flies, whether he went around by land, by sea, it, doesn't, it would be changed, but it said he went to Tarsus to search for Saul. Now, we know Saul is Paul, okay? Remember the Damascus Road experience, he's now a believer, um, but he's back at home in Tarsus. And so, Barnabas comes from Jerusalem to Antioch sees a bunch of believers. Many numbers are being added to the group. Then he says, all right, you got to stay true to the Lord. I'll be back. Goes to get Saul over in Tarsus. And when he found him, it says he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught large numbers of the disciples, large numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Now, we take that term for granted here a little bit, the term for Christian, and it really just means Christ-like. I mean, people who acted and behaved like Christ. That's why I always say being a believer, being a Christian means something. Um, there is a connotation and a, a definition to what that means. What does it mean to be a Christ follower? It means you act like, behave like, love like, uh, like Jesus did. The things that break his heart should break ours. The things that prick his heart with compassion should should break ours with compassion. The thing that make him uh, feel joy should bring us joy. Um, that's what it means to be a Christian. But as we look into what's what's going on here, again, we're seeing this the birth of of the church. We're seeing the birth of the Christian church, and 
And if you look at what's happening, there were all of these people um, that were coming to know the faith and they were new. They didn't understand. So what they did was they sat with them for a year and they taught them. I know here in our ministry, we have a, our tagline is learn, teach, repeat. And uh, it's important for us in 2 Timothy 2, 2, the Bible teaches us that that's kind of our job is to take what we've learned and give it to faithful men so they may be able to teach others also is what Paul tells Timothy. Is and in Ephesians four we have the 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 ministry of the church there, um, which is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so Paul and Barnabas came into Antioch and sat and trained these people. We see Paul telling Timothy to go into the churches and appoint elders, and and bring up leadership within the deal. So they didn't have any concept of what we would think of. I know we're searching for, uh, on a, there's a pastor search committee going out right now. And um, they didn't really have any concept of what we do in, in our day and time uh, of the career pastor that would come in. Um, but what they were doing at this time was they would have pockets of the church just showing up because people were coming to belief. And then the apostles would go in and train and teach them and raise up leaders. And then those leaders would raise up other leaders and those leaders would raise up other leaders, and that's kind of how this thing began to propagate. Um, and but then you get into verse 27, and so that's what's happening up to this point. The church is growing. It's exploding. Um, the apostles are coming in from Jerusalem and from Tarsus, and they're teaching the people about the ways of the, of the Lord and about the, you know, they're teaching them the scriptures that they have at the time, and they're teaching them the way. But in verse 27, it says, In those days, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them, named Agabus, stood up and predicted by the Spirit that there would be a severe famine throughout the Roman world. Now, it's I wanted to stop there because it's interesting about what's happening there. Um, if you go to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 12, you'll see that the ministries that are given by Christ into the church, one of them is, the, is prophets. And in this first century, you see that. This, uh, these, these, two, these people came down. There were some prophets. And they prophesied that there would be a great famine in Rome. And this is happening while Paul and Barnabas, the, this, the prophets are coming, it says, in those days. So they're teaching the, the Christians in Antioch. They're training them in the, the, the ways of the way. And uh, this prophet comes down, and it says he was directed by the Spirit, okay? It wasn't something he came up with. That's capital S. The Holy Spirit directed him to tell and to foretell that there was a famine coming. And then he looked and says, this took place during the reign of Claudius. Each of the disciples, according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brothers and the sisters who lived in Judea. So I find, here's what's happening. Again, let's recap. People began to go out. And if you notice, uh, or was it um, in verse 19, now those who had been scattered as the result of the persecution that started because of Stephen. Now remember when Stephen was stoned to death, there was persecution that began to come down on the people that followed the way, the Christians, as we would now call them. And that persecution caused them to spread out and to, to leave. And so what happened was instead of being comfortable in your own spot, persecution came, it spread out, and now we see the gospel being taken out to these regions all around Jerusalem and all around Judea, into Tarsus, into Caesarea, now it's into Antioch. And so the gospel is being spread because of persecution. And that's why I say, you know, persecution may come, but it's nothing for us to fear. The scriptures tell us, who, why would we fear those that can steal the body 
but we should fear the Lord who's in charge of the soul. And so uh, in, in this text, it says that they, he said the famine's coming, and it came. And then each disciple, if you look at it, said according to his ability. So every gift that was given was not the same. Every gift that was given was probably different, but it was according to their ability. You don't give outside of your ability, um, and you don't give under your ability. You give according to your ability. If God's blessed you with much, then the Scriptures would give us an example here that when those that are in need, you would give much. Um, and so, and it says, They determined to send relief to the brothers and sisters who lived in Judea, and they did this, sending it to the elders by means of Barnabas and Saul. And so by way of structure even, and by way of just practical, pragmatic, how does the church work, uh, persecution came, the gospel spread out, and we're now in Antioch. And Paul went to get Barnabas, or excuse me, uh, Barnabas went to get Saul, we know him as Paul, in Tarsus, brought him back to Antioch. They're teaching for a year, training up disciples. A famine comes, and because they've been taught in the way, and because they had been taught in this region about dying to self and, and thinking of others more highly than they think of themselves, because that's what Jesus modeled for us when they heard of the brethren way down in Judea who were in need. Every disciple, according to his ability, gave a gift. This is missions. This is what we do. You hear me say this a lot if you've been listening to my teaching on Sunday mornings or on Wednesday nights, but I say this a lot, that we're in this together that the kingdom of God, the church, is greater than any one of us, any group of us, and it transcends all of us. And if you, you see this in the New Testament, you see this in the context here of, of this that's happening. So it went out from Jerusalem. It landed in Antioch. And then he went over to Tarsus. Grabbed Paul, came back. They taught. Famine hits. Oh, look, there's somebody way over there that's in need. Let's do what we can according to our ability to help them. And so we try to model that now. Um, uh, I just keep saying this because it's such a beautiful example. Forgive me for being repetitive. Um, but right now, First Baptist Church uh, Fruitvale was in need of, of uh, some teaching to be done on Sundays and things. We have that ability. And so we come in and we're hoping to fill that gap um, during, even during this other COVID run and things like that. And so you know, there's, that's happening, and that's what the church is all about. And so when we hear of our brothers and sisters in a foreign country, in another county, in another state, and they're in need, well, then according to our ability, we can give to help them. That's how the church works, and that's how the church was working here in Acts chapter 11. It's a fascinating story to me that out of the persecution of Stephen, an awful event I mean, the guy was killed for his faith. But it was out of that event that the persecution began to build. And that's actually what spread the gospel. That's what actually brought it out and started spreading it out. And so in this culture in which we live, and we're in this, this time of, of uh, I know we're changing political cultures. We have volatility everywhere. Um, don't lose heart. I want to encourage you not to lose heart. Because number one, as you heard me teach, um, this thing cannot be stopped. This thing, the church, is a juggernaut. God's will will be done. They can't stop it. Even if they persecute us, we can't be stopped. And that's okay. 
You know, because even in this text, we see that the persecution did nothing but grow the church. Um, I want to encourage you to do a couple things. Get on YouTube and look up Sheep Among Wolves. It is a documentary. There's two of them, and they're each two hours long. If you want to binge watch something um, that's worthwhile, it's on YouTube. It's absolutely free. It's called Sheep Among Wolves. There's two parts. Um, It's an incredible story about the church in Iran, the underground church in Iran. And how through persecution, the church is exploding. When that was made, and it's been several years ago, they estimated the, the number of people involved in house churches in the, state, in the country of Iran, a Muslim country, a heavily persecuted country for Christians, um, was over 3 million. And it's exploding. It's fascinating. You should go watch it. You really should. It'll give you some insight um, into what is happening here in the book of Acts. Um, As we wrap this up, I just wanted to remind ourselves that one of the things we're looking at as we're walking through the book of Acts is what happened in the first century. What happened in when they were beginning this church thing that we, you know, it's kind of where we're at on Sundays. What is this thing we're caught up in? And we can look in the text and see how it functioned and how it operated. But I wanted to bring out one thing about what happened. When Saul and Barnabas got to Antioch and they taught, they did it for a year. Then they withdrew. They went back. It doesn't really tell us a whole lot of details about that. But I can know this. As we learned on Sunday, one of the things that the Spirit does is teaches us and leads us into all truth, even the deep truths of God, it says, because that's what He knows. And so He brings us into that. And the, the, the apostles and the first century leaders, they trusted the Holy Spirit of God. They trusted God's mission. They trusted God's will to take care of those churches. Now, sometimes they went off the rails, just like in in Corinth. And we see that in 1 Corinthians where, oh, wait, they're going wonky. Paul writes a letter, and he kind of sets them straight, says, you shouldn't be doing this, you need to do that. So there was still connection, and he longed to go to them. You see that in his letters. He longed to go see them um, because he loved them in the Lord. But they would go, and they would teach, and they were trusted to the Spirit. And, uh, you know, I just want to encourage us with our own individual ministries. You you can trust the Lord um, because the Bible says that He gives gifts to men. Um, and those gifts are, we, you see that go to Ephesians 4, you can read those things. But uh, it talks about how we have gifts to Bear out in the in the into the body of Christ, and if God's gifted you for something, exercise that uh, that gift. You know, if He's given you a gift of, of of encouragement, man, be an encourager. And every time you see someone, uh, just do that. And you can always tell someone's gift because that's what they're gonna do, and that's how they operate. Whether they've got a spot to do it in or not, they're just who they are because that's supernaturally. And so you're seeing that Paul was a teacher and a leader, but man, he loved to teach about the way. After his conversion. And so when Barnabas got to Antioch, he's like, I got these people, scads of people. I need I need to go get Saul. So he went and got Saul, brought him back, and they taught them. It's a fascinating story, a look into how the church is birthed and how it was beginning to, to open up. And it's a good explanation of just what we're caught up in. Now, Sunday... We'll be meeting in the building again. Uh, so excited about that. Get to see people. Nothing really replaces um, the getting to be face-to-face with people. I'm going to be preaching a message called Christmas Through the Eyes of Calvary. Uh, you don't want to miss it. It's it, You really don't. It's a look into a script, the scriptures, a lot of scriptures about the whole, not just the real meaning behind Christmas and in the birth of Jesus, but really a look backwards at Christmas 
from the cross. And uh, it, it may be an interesting and a different way for you to think about Christmas. And so I'm excited about it. I hope you're excited about it too. Um, don't forget to like uh, the page here, First Baptist Church at Fruitvale, Texas. Like the page, share the post. It helps us to be able to reach our community even more um, as you like and share and you know Facebook and those kind of things. Hopefully we'll get to be on YouTube soon. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday morning. I think Tim will be back with me, I hope, um, on Sunday. And uh, we'll be continuing to share the word and share fellowship with one another. We're going to have a word of prayer real fast. If you've got a prayer request or something, feel free to drop it in the comments. And uh, someone from the church will pick that up and we'll be praying for you and uh, make sure that you have everything that you need. We love you. We thank you for joining us tonight. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll be dismissed from here uh, online. But don't forget to come join us on Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, and I believe we'll be having Sunday school again at 10 o'clock on Sunday. So we're looking forward to seeing you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus, for loving us and for saving us. And thank you for birthing the church into existence for us in Acts. We see it. We're a part of it, and we are so grateful for you for doing that, or to you for doing that. We love you, we thank you, and may the name of Jesus be praised. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. We're so glad you got to be with us tonight. You guys join us again on Sunday. We'll see you here next time.